0: Hey, everybody. How you doing today? It's Pastor Chip again. Hope everybody's doing well. Been a nice day today. Kind of getting some summer weather finally. But, um our world and our things are going crazy, aren't they? And, um, you hear me, man, talking a lot about doom and gloom and... People getting back to things and this nation getting back to God and I'd like the whole world to get back to it, you know. I mean, it seems to me that there's a lot of things going on and it could be in times, who knows, but it's surely not good times, right? I mean, rioting and destruction all over the world over this mask and laws and things and and people moving in to your countries and destroying things it's just it's kind of crazy but you know people are we were talking today about society today is is not a They're not a religious kind of church-going, not many people put stock in, not many people read the Bible, not many people know anything about the Bible or its composition or or how it's supposed to be read or interpreted. And a lot of people that argue with you, or at least I find that argue with me and some of my friends get the same thing, is... They say, well, that's not what I've been told or that's not what my preacher said or something to that effect. But instead of picking up their Bible and reading it, they ask you your question, your opinion, and when you give give the answer as you know it to be, they argue with you. So, I'm not sure. It's just like our world is falling further and further away. We're in troubled times and we can't get people to come to the Lord. And I don't know if it's going to get worse, uh, real worse, real bad here soon, or if it's just going to be a, just a gradual downhill spiral the way our world's going to be for the next few. 20 or 30 years, I, I don't know. But um, I looked up a verse, verses, and it was interesting. I'm reading it out of my Jerusalem Bible, because the Jerusalem Bible gives so much more context to the verse than most modern Bibles do. There's a lot left out. And so I'm going to read it out of the Jerusalem Bible, and it's going to be Malachi, Chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 6. And we're going to read through 12. It says, No, I, Yahweh, do not change. And you, sons of Jacob, you are not ruined yet. Since the days of your ancestors, you have evaded my statutes and not observe them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says Yahweh Sabaoth. You ask, how are we to return? Can a man cheat God? Yet you are cheating me. You ask, how are we cheating you? In the matter of tithes and dues. The curse lies on you, because you, yes, you the whole nation... Are cheating me. Bring the full tithes and dues to the storehouses. So that there may be food in my house. And then see if I do not open the floodgates of heaven for you. And pour out blessing for you in abundance. For your sake I will lay a strict injunction. On the locust not to destroy the fruits of your soil. Nor to make the vine in your fields barren, says Yahweh, said Boeth. All the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delights, says Yahweh. Um, you see, God is saying in these verses, if we quit cheating Him, quit dishonoring His word and His laws, and get back to tithing, He will bless us. In ways that we can't even understand. It says he will open the floodgates of heaven. And pour out blessings in abundance. And he says he will put an injunction on the locust. He he will put a perimeter. A boundary. Or whatever you want to call it. On the locust. And the. Whatever. Parasites. Bugs. Whatever. That destroy crops. And they would not destroy the fruits of the soil, nor make the vines in your field barren. And he's saying because of the abundance that he would give us, all the nations would call us blessed. We would be a land of delights. Essentially, we would be the land of milk and honey. So why why is that so hard to do? You know It all starts with the way you raise your kids and the way you you run your life and If you're a family or a person that that lives lives the rich life more than they make so that they have to go out and make more money to pay for their lifestyle, you get in the, ver- the vicious cycle. If you are a person that lives a modest life and you don't live the luxuries and you don't... You know, I used to tell my daughter, I said, if you can't pay cash for everything, then don't buy it. And if you buy a car, try and pay for half of it in cash. Try not to finance things. But certain things we have to finance. Um, It's the nature of our economy and our system. But if you continuously have to have your beer and your cigarettes and your toys and your hobbies and your jet skis and and your kids are always running and doing, and you can't seem to get ahead because you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. This is what he's talking about. And you know, there's people, when I was in the military, and people talk about tithing, and and there's always the saying, if you just tithe, if you just start you will see the Lord bless you. But if some people are so far behind the power curve, it's hard for them to tithe. And I understand that. I've been there. So we've started our children off on a path of failure, and it's hard to get ahead. But there are some that do it. I mean, I've met them. I know the families... Uh, They they are uh, solid, I guess you could say, and responsible in their budget. And, you know, it is hard. It is hard when you want to have a place to live and the economy doesn't pay enough to justify your rent and then your utilities and your bills. But I'm making excuses, or am I speaking facts? Well, I'm speaking facts, and it it is the excuse that some people use. But here's the thing. If you can just start tithing, you would be surprised at the things that happen. Now, there's there's a lot of biblical question on... um, Pre tax and post tax. You know, well, there's no biblical guidance on that. You know, uh, some people tithe off the gross and others not. But you know, I'm just going to throw it out here. You give to God what's God's. If you have to give of your time because your resources are committed that's a tithe if you have to help somebody financially because it's the right thing to do and you're helping that person tread water or better their life or whatever you're you're filling their need if you have to buy their groceries or whatever you're you're acting on behalf of God um you're taking care of the family of God um and i know some people would um, disagree with that but you know years ago I used to, I lived in a larger area with a larger population, and I used to know people that were, you know, in need. They were hungry. They couldn't feed their family well. Um, The children were hungry at school. And I would buy um, gift certificates for the grocery store, for Food Line. I wouldn't give them the money. Of course, I know you can go to Food line and you can get whatever. But you know, Food Line was the lesser of the evils. You give somebody a Walmart gift card, they can go do anything. It doesn't mean they're going to use it in the grocery store. But you have to, first of all, spend time in prayer and see that that's where God wants you to do your tithing, or how you can do your tithing, and. Ideally if you're in a church, you should support your church. If you you should tithe and help support the financial responsibility of the church. And if the church is um has ministries, maybe you could um earmark the, your tithes to go to those ministries. But kind of got off on a side tangent about tithing but you know it's where God wanted me to go I guess we as a nation we need to get back as a whole to serving God we've got elected leaders in Washington that God is the furthest thing the furthest thing from their priorities we've got The abortion issues that's going on. And people say they're Christians. I just, you know, for me personally, it's like, how can you say you're a Christian, but then you turn right around and execute babies the way you do it? And that's not the only thing. There's a lot of things. You know, you don't The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Are they the fruit of a poisonous tree or are they a different kind of fruit, you know? Um I don't understand. It's like they're serving well. They're serving a master all right, but he's not the master of light. He's the master of darkness. And sadly, they're leading people away. But you see, and then you've got these people that are in the churches. They're in the churches talking about um, homosexuality is okay. Transgender is okay. Um, You know, God is this. And there's a new movie out that God's gay. Or Jesus was gay. Look. What was the first thing I read in chapter in verse six? No, I Yahweh do not change. God does not change. God's word stands on its own. It's like it's, it's exactly like Excalibur and the stone, the sword and the stone. this is the word of God the, the sword. And it's in stone. God doesn't change. God did not wake up one day and tell the preachers to say, Oh, it's okay, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years, 5,000 years of all this biblical stuff. And, you know, I was wrong. It's okay. You guys can do what you want to. Just rewrite it, you know. Just, you know, throw my name in there occasionally and it'll all be good. That is not what happened. God doesn't change. He's been the same in the beginning, and he's the same now, and he'll be the same tomorrow. If God says it, you've got it in the you've got it in this book. What I talked about yesterday. You don't say add something where there is nothing. And people like to look at things in a modern context and apply it to the past. You can't look at the modern context of our language and apply it to what was meant or what you think was meant 2,000 years ago. And why? Because English has only been around since about 1,000 or so. I mean, it's a new language. It's a new language. You know, when... the anglos and the saxons and all conquered england and english started changing and the 1611 bible that so many people swear by is not even the bible that they're language they're using they're using the 18 something revised there's no consistency the words have changed the meanings have changed and you have to look back at how it was written in the day and how it was applied for example When the Bible says, man should not lie with another man as a woman, what do you think that means? Because, I'm going to tell you, homosexuality, the word, did not exist. It's a real new word in the English language. Gay didn't exist. Lesbian didn't exist. Transgenders didn't exist. All these words have been made up in the last, I don't know, 50 or 100 years. God does not change. All God wants us to do is to do what He asks us to do. And He'll bless us in ways that we can't even understand. You know... (laughs) I've seen those blessings. And it still amazes me at some of the things I see that God does in people's lives. And I wish I could see more. You know, there's a thin veil between us and the other side, and we'll never understand, comprehend what's going on until we cross over. But I tell you what, from what little bit I've seen on this side... It's going to be amazing when I get there. So, what am I trying to say? What's the point of all this? If we return to the Lord, obey His commandments and statutes, and stop cheating God, if we give Him the tithe that He asks, and our time, and our obedience... He will bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. But some of us are going to have to buckle down and sacrifice in order to get there. This is Pastor Chip. I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Hope I made sense. Be safe. Say your prayers. Read your Bible. Get in the Word. And you will see changes, I promise you. Thank you.